Hello. Happy Christmas. Is everyone okay? Yes, good. Just sort myself out. It's so great to be here today. Just before we start, I'd love us to pray. If you feel uh, comfortable, why don't you close your eyes and even just pat out your hands. Just through worship, I felt um, God just wants to shake us off a bit. I feel like just wake up our souls a bit. Father, we love you. We love worshiping you. We ask that you would come right now like you already have, but just keep coming with your Holy Spirit. Bring your word to life, we pray, as we look at who you are. Come and nudge us, come and give us hungry hearts, we pray for you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, I love this book. It's incredible. Love delving into it. Not always the best reader, but man, I love it. And usually we... um, through our preach series, we delve into a passage and really open it out, and that's great. But today, what I just felt to do was actually kind of just do a quick Bible overview about a theme. Um, and that theme, I believe, is possibly one of the biggest themes of the Bible, really. Um, and we're going to look at Emmanuel today, which we've sung about a lot just now. And it means God with us, as I'm sure many of us know. Um, we often see Emmanuel on glittery Christmas cards or sing about it in carols. But I'm really in faith that as we um, briefly explore it today, that God just wants to bring like, fresh breath and air to this word and this meaning that will impact our lives. So let's be in faith for that. Right, just to get started, youth, I need your help because they were rubbish this morning at pairing these things up. Um, <laughs> we're going to pay a, p- a pairing game. So a picture's going to come up and I want you to see if you can guess the other pair. And they're really easy, so if you can't get them, I will genuinely pray for you after. Okay, this is my level. Right, let's go. Salt and... Yes! Ants and... Very good. See, I told you it was this easy. A sock and... Yes, the other sock. That is not the story in my household, you can ask my other half. And then finally, heaven and... You guys are much better than the first one. It's good. Um, So yeah, today we are going to look at Emmanuel, and we're going to look at it through the lens of heaven and earth, which I believe is one of the most incredible pairings in history, past, present, and future. Um, So we're going to trace the joining of heaven and earth from Eden, right at the beginning of the creation of the world, and then we're going to run right the way through in a whistle-stop tour to eternity, and then we're going to look at our part now. Is everyone with me? Hold on to your seats. We're going to tear through, but it's going to be good. I love it. Okay, so just a side note before we get into it. When we're talking about heaven, we're talking about the kingdom of God. So we're talking about where the the rule and reign of God is. We're talking about um, God's space. And then we're talking about earth. We're talking about humanity and the physical world we see around us, the space that God's made for us to rule and reign with him. So heaven and earth always meant to be joined. Cool, so let's start right at the beginning. Genesis 1, good place to start. says this, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let's just stop there. Right from the start, we need to understand this. God, Trinity, three in one, Father, Son, and Spirit, was there before eternity began. And actually, he is complete and wonderful and whole in himself, full of love. And actually, his creation of heaven and earth wasn't to fill an empty hole. They didn't need to create us, create this world. Actually, 
God created it out as an overflow of love of who he is to display his glory. So right from the start, we were not something that fills a gap for God. We're something that God purposely and intentionally said, I want humanity to know me and I'm going to make you so that you can know me. So that's where we start in this incredible story. And actually, we see the pinnacle of this joining of God and humanity, heaven and earth, in a place called Eden. And his first image bearers, Adam and Eve, who he made, actually, they got to walk with him, with God, in the cool of the day, the Bible says, through the Garden of Eden. And I was thinking about this, and actually, if, say, the queen rocked up now, there'd have to be a load of planning and security and probably a lot of people wanting to meet her. Even if you think about celebrities, you just can't really get near them now. We're talking in Eden about the God, the creator of the world, the father of all. And he walked one-to-one, face-to-face, person-to-person with Adam and Eve. That was his intent, his design at the beginning of the world. It's amazing. It's not like any other God. So we see right from the start in Eden, Emmanuel, God with them in Eden. So then we move on to the next part, sin. This is the most devastating break in history. We, as humanity, we chose to go our own way. We rejected that intimacy with God that he created us for, as our father, for the lie of our own pride and self-love. Do you know what? God is so holy. He's so set apart. His kingdom is good and true. And he can't be missing. So this breakup had to happen. And it broke his heart. Adam and Eve banished from Eden, the place where heaven and earth, God and man, were meant to be together. They were banished. But do you know what, guys? Even in this moment, Emmanuel, God with us, is still there. He makes a promise as they're banished that he will redeem the earth once more. And we'll see that as we go on. So even in this brokenness, Emmanuel, God with us, is still there speaking promise in. Then we move on to the Old Testament um, such wonderful books and stuff. And what I felt is just to delve into a few stories, just to show us and just for us to be amazed again at how even before Jesus came, God had a plan to show hints and whispers of his plan and purpose to draw heaven and earth together. So just to pick up a few examples, we see God's heart to be with us through miracles, like when he brought his people out of Egypt and parted the sea. It's like God saying, here's a way I'm going to save you. And then even through the burning bush, he so wants to speak to his people where Moses is there with the bush. And God just chooses to speak with his very voice to Moses. And even through pillars of fire where God's like, I'm going to come and I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to be with you, my people. And then to individuals, Moses crying out on the mountain saying, God, I just, I want to see you. And Moses, there was this deep thing in Moses that he knew he was made for more than what he was experiencing of God. But God says, Moses, you can't see me. If you see me, you'll drop dead. But his heart is still to connect. So he says, go and hide in that rock, and I'm going to pass by you, and you can just see the back of me. And then we see God's heart to connect with us through the law. God gives, us, gives his people the law and says, guys, do this. Men and women, live like this, because it will show you something of me. It will show you my heart for the poor. It will show you how I want you to love one another. It will show you not to murder and steal. These are things not of my kingdom. And it's just a glimpse, again, of God wanting to say, come and see me through the law. 
through sacrifices. God again says, here's a way. I'm going to try and show you a hint of a way of a better thing that's coming. A, a way where you can make a sacrifice and you can be cleansed and you can come into my presence for just a moment. And then through tents, we get the people of God in the Old Testament wandering around in the desert. And God's desperate. He's like, I want to be with you. You need me. We're meant to be joined. So he calls his people to make a tabernacle where his presence comes and the people of God carry around an ark. And then when they finally set up home in the city of Jerusalem, again, God's like, I want to make home with you. So what does he do? He says, David, build me a house, build me a temple, and I'll come and I'll manifest my presence among you. Just amazing, these hints that we see. And then we see visions towards the end of the Old Testament, visions where God just shows Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, just glimpses of what he's like. I'd encourage you, just get a hold of the word of God and read some of these. They will do your heart good. Just to think, wow, God, this is what you're like. This is who you are. And then finally, as we draw to the end of the Old Testament, we just get some wonderful prophetic words. And I love reading the bits in Isaiah, and it's just God's whisper. I have a plan. I'm not leaving you broken. I'm coming to redeem you. I'm going to send my son, and he's going to be called Emmanuel. So we've whistled through the Old Testament, but even there, hopefully you can see, even through that, through various different ways, God is Emmanuel. He is wanting to be with us. Then 500 years of silence from God through the Bible, but actually God hasn't forgotten or given up on us. He will not let us go. He has a plan. 2,000 years ago, a little baby then appears in a humble back room in a town that no one cared about in the middle of a politically horrific time for the people of God under the Roman Empire. Emmanuel came. Jesus came. The son of of God, it is wonderful. You can just imagine heaven waiting and waiting and waiting throughout history for this moment where the Son of God is going to come down and leave the glory and the majesty of heaven and be born as a baby. Fully God, fully man, heard the phrase God with flesh on. Do you know what? Jesus didn't have to come, but he did. In full obedience to the will of the Father and with the joy of redeeming all of us, he came. John 1.14 says, the word Jesus, is the word, became flesh and dwelt among us. Not just the presence of God like in tents and tabernacles. The very physical body of God, fully man, fully God, came and dwelt among us. That's why, man, I get so excited singing about Emmanuel and singing about the gospel when we worship. It's so good. Andrew Wilson says about that verse I just read. You have just read perhaps one of the most outrageous sentences in history. No truth ever revealed, no truth is more jarring than the fact that the word of God, the pre-existent son of God, became human and set up the tent of his dwelling among people. There are loads of important truths in the gospel, but they all depend on this one. It's not an exaggeration to say that the incarnation, God becoming flesh, is the most scandalous teaching anyone has ever given. More scandalously, it is completely true. Let's just pause there for a moment. Really feel like as we are just whizzing through some of this, it does our hearts good to engage and speak some of this stuff out. So if you feel comfortable, if you believe in Jesus, why don't you just repeat these couple of statements after me? I believe in Jesus. I believe he came as a baby. 
fully God, fully human. Thank you, Jesus. So then through his life, Jesus, he brought the kingdom of heaven. God's rule and reign, he brought it into everything he did. And we can see that through the gospel stories. He loved. He healed people. He taught about the kingdom of God. I'd love to have been there just sitting, lapping up the teaching of Jesus as he shared with excitement. This is what my father's kingdom is like. And he raised up the poor and the broken. He brought forgiveness. He gave people dignity and hope when the fool had brought shame and rejection. And do you know what? He showed us what intimacy with the father was meant to be like. Again, can you just imagine eavesdropping, hearing Jesus praying to the Father, hearing the passion and the relationship they had. And again, we can read about it in here with some of the prayers Jesus prayed. But as well as God's kingdom and his godlikeness, he also came, Emmanuel, as a human. He laughed, he cried, he knew loss and pain and rejection and suffering. He understood what it was like to be human. So through the life of Jesus, Emmanuel, God has come to us. Emmanuel, God has become like us. And then he died. The one who never sinned. He died for our pride and our sin. And this most incredible sign happened at the moment of his death. Do you remember I talked about the temple earlier? The temple was the place of the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies, a big curtain was put up. And it was a way of God saying, I want to dwell with you but you can't come and be near me. My presence is, you'll die because of your sin. And actually, at the moment that Jesus died, the curtain in the temple in Jerusalem ripped from top to bottom. And again, you just feel the heartbreak of the father watching his son die for our sins, but also the just relief of the father being able to rip that curtain open from top to bottom. And my little boy Ezra, he has a really wonderful book. It's called The Garden, The Curtain and The Cross. And there's a beautiful page we open up and read together. It talks about the curtain ripping and the words just say, all can come in. It's such a wonderful declaration of Emmanuel. All can come in because I have come. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, Emmanuel, God has come to us. God has died for us. And then there's the wait, the two long days of waiting, and then the resurrection. Don't you love singing about the resurrection as we worship? It's the hope of the world, the resurrection of Jesus. And it's brilliant, and it's wonderful. And the disciples are like, yes, we've got Jesus back. This is it. We've got God with us again. And then a, a really weird thing happens, which I know you all know. But Jesus said, no, I'm, I'm not going to be with you. I'm going to head back. So we enter the next phase, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, my Father is going to send someone. We read about it in John 14. He said, it's better that you, for you that I go. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth. And actually, Jesus got this bigger picture. He knew that he carried the kingdom of God. But he also knew that when he went back to be with glory, the Holy Spirit would be sent and would fill many hundreds and thousands and ultimately millions of Christians who followed Jesus throughout um, history, future. And he, he knew that the kingdom of God would spread more when the Holy Spirit comes into each one of us. Isn't that incredible? Let's just think about that for a moment. And I remember Alid in a preach a while ago, he said, the God who lives inside us, the Holy Spirit, 
is better than the God who walked beside us. Let me say that again. The God who lives inside us is better than the God who walks beside us. So in this coming of the Holy Spirit, we again see Emmanuel, God dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. I was thinking it's like being thirsty and sitting and watching an advert about water. It won't do you any good. Or even standing next to someone drinking water. Great for them, but you're still left thirsty. We're meant to experience and know the Holy Spirit. We're meant to drink for ourselves, And we're going to have some time at the end to do that. It's what we were made for as Christians. We were made to be filled with the Spirit of God. So if you're a Christian here, why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, the Spirit of God now lives in me. Say it again. The Spirit of God now lives in me. And then, guys, you're doing well. As if this couldn't get any better. What hope we have to come. The promise of eternity with our Jesus. Let's just skip to the end of the story and see what's going to happen. This is what it says in Revelation 21. So um, God shows this guy, John, a vision of what it's going to be like at the end. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. I will be his God, and he will be my son. Church, it is insanely ridiculous. God has done everything to make a way that we can know him. And then we get to be with him face to face one day. I love just stopping and pausing and thinking about this moment so much. Time's just when I have to fight for worship times on my own and I'm, I'm on my knees and I just say, God, I, want, I need to see you, show me you. And actually just to picture that moment where we'll be face down and we see Jesus and he'll lift us up and he'll know our name and he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and enjoy heaven and earth with me. It's amazing. And we're told to live our lives fixing our mind on that. We're told to live our lives, yes, walking out the kingdom in life and with our feet on the ground. But man, are we called to think about that moment where we'll see the resurrected, glorious, beautiful, wonderful, awe-striking Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, who is going to bring about a new heaven and earth when he comes back one day. Doesn't that excite you? Emmanuel, the dwelling place of God, will be with mankind for all eternity. So you've done well. That's the history lesson over. We've covered a lot, I feel. It's good. So let's just reverse a bit. What does this mean for us right now as God's people? Um, we live in this time as Christians of the now and the not yet. And what I mean by that is you can kind of see God has come through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit. And he will come, like we just read, and bring about his kingdom fully. But right now we're in this mid-bit of God's kingdom has come but hasn't quite come. So how does that affect us? What does that mean? What's our commission right now? 
We just got a verse up, Matthew 28. It says this, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So can I just have the band up if possible? That would be amazing. Just as we draw to a close, I'd love us just to meditate and hone this right down. What does this mean for our lives? What, how do I live out the Great Commission knowing the kingdom of God is now in me through the Holy Spirit? Maybe you might want to just shut your eyes and, and picture what some of these things might look for you. When we worship him, Emmanuel, God with us, he's actually here. Let's never take that for granted when we come and worship him. Let's never get complacent. When we read our Bibles, Emmanuel, God is opening our eyes to know him more. When we pray, Emmanuel, the active and involved God hears. When we meet as a church, just like this, Emmanuel, God is with us. When we're at home on our own, Emmanuel, God with us. In our connect groups, Emmanuel, the very presence and power of God is with you as you meet. So let's expect great and glorious things. When we suffer, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, the one who's experienced suffering. When we're tempted, Emmanuel, Jesus, the one who overcame temptation, the Holy Spirit power in us to say no to sin. When we lift up the poor, Emmanuel, the Spirit of God is on me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor and to bind up the brokenhearted. When we stand against injustice, Emmanuel, he has anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to those imprisoned. When we have money and stuff this Christmas time, Emmanuel, the God who is far more precious than anything we could ever possess. When we're struggling this Christmas time, Emmanuel, God, the one who never leaves us. When we love others, Emmanuel, the God who is love overflowing out of us. When we know dark days, Emmanuel, the light of the world is here. When depression hits, Emmanuel, God, our healer and our certain hope for the future. When we pray for sickness to go, Emmanuel, God's wonder-working power in us. In our friendships, Emmanuel, making disciples of one another. In our marriages, Emmanuel. In our singleness, Emmanuel. In our day-to-day -day family messy lives, Emmanuel. Let's show our kids what it is to carry the kingdom of God, to raise disciples. When there's a person in front of me at the checkout, Emmanuel. Holy Spirit, lead me in this moment to show them you. When we pass someone sitting homeless in the town, we carry Emmanuel the God who was born in a manger because there was nowhere else for him to stay. So this Christmas, this year, this life we've been given right now, church, let's fix our gaze on Jesus, the holy and magnificent one who throughout all history, past, present and future has made a way for us to be with him. Let's allow the beauty and wonder of Emmanuel to so impact our lives and overflow. Emmanuel, God with us. I believe there might be some of us here today and actually you don't know Jesus yet. 
you haven't connected with God like you were made to be. And do you know what? The invitation is here for you today. The God who came down is here with his hands wide open. And it's going to be hard being a Christian if you make that decision. But God's with you. And we have a wonderful hope to come the moment you give your life to Jesus. If that's you, then please come and find me after. I would love to speak to you. For the rest of us, should we just stand? be really good to just respond. Alid and the guys are going to lead us through in a minute. Do you know, I feel like for some of us, many of us, hopefully, as I've just shared a bit about Emmanuel, I feel like there's some of us and we just know that we need hungry hearts again for this. So if you are hungry for more of God, if you're hungry for more of a revelation of him, why don't you just put your hands out? We've just got a bit of time. (laughs) We don't need to rush. Holy Spirit, we continue to invite you here this morning. Thank you that you're here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, when you come, you show us Jesus. You show us the Father. You open our eyes to see this bigger picture of heaven and earth and what we were made for. And we ask right now, would you put thirsty, hungry hearts in us again? If you're hungry, why don't you just tell him, Holy Spirit, I'm hungry for you. I'm thirsty for you. The truth is, if you're dry, he's still Emmanuel. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit.